Hello, friends. Welcome to the Coffee and Deer podcast with Nick and the Doctor. Today, we're going to be talking about hearing protection with our guest, Grace Thirdevent. She's the owner and founder of OdoPro, and we can't underestimate the importance of hearing protection. Uh, the doctor and I are ourselves getting up there. I'm sure our hearing isn't quite what it used to be. And so if you're, especially if you're a young person listening to this episode, take advantage of the information we have now to protect your hearing, because once you lose it, you ain't getting it back. So there's going to be a lot of great information here from the causes of hearing loss to some of the solutions. Uh, we'll get a little bit technical at times, but it's good stuff. And, uh, and Grace is a great interview. She also, incidentally, she's a former Miss Tennessee and top 15 finalist in the Miss America pageant. We didn't get into that in the, in the interview, but that's uh, worth mentioning for sure. So pretty cool. We'll also have our B team report, talk a little postseason after the interview. So what's what's happening now that hunting is done for the doctor and I. And uh, we have a full show for you, as always. So glad to have you with us. Let's go ahead and say hello to a man that has probably listened to every deer hunting related podcast in existence at least once, the doctor, Mr. Mike Groman. Well, that's a very impressive 2023 introduction. So yes, thank you for that. But yeah, I do. I do consume a lot of audio content because of my commute to work. I'm glad you do though, because there's been multiple times where you've found things out there that I had no idea. And you pointed out to me and you're like, Hey, have you listened to this like Bob and Steve's backwoods country podcast? And I'm like, no, I never heard of it. And then you find all these hidden gems. So there's there's a lot of great content out there. And I'm sure there's probably some that you come across as well that you probably don't listen to for very for for uh, too many minutes. Yeah, I have the I have the five minute test and the 10 minute test. And if I am if I'm kind of on the fence, I'll switch from five to 10. But if it's, if I fall off the fence in a hurry, it's, it's done in five. So hopefully we're a little bit more entertaining to keep people's interest for about that long, at least get them into the good content where we have our guests. Well, one way or another, our show has been continuing to grow steadily. So that's good. People are enduring us. We're passing somebody's five minute or 10 minute test, <laughs> which is good. But uh, yeah, there is some there's some interesting stuff out there as well. I know uh, myself and other members of the staff here pretty routinely get asked to be on different podcasts and the ones we never hear of or haven't heard of, we do a little research ahead of time. And so we don't go on all of them, but uh, <laughs> anyway, there, but there's a lot of great stuff too. And so that's sort of the fun world that we live in now. There's a lot of, a lot of content available and uh, much like you, doctor, I'm listening to a lot of it in my vehicle driving. So Hey, our show sponsor today is Banks Outdoors. We just saw them at the Archery Trade Association show in Indianapolis here. Uh, they have a new blind coming out, but I do not want to preempt our social media content that we shot there that we're going to tell you about it. Actually, uh, Lindsay uh, had got Kip Adams to do a quick interview in front of one of the new blinds that they're introducing this year. So look for that on our social media. But uh, they have, listen, their blinds are incredibly well built. Uh, if you're still hunting this time of year in particular, when it's cold out, they're ideal. Um, even their blind chairs are unreal. I sat in one and I thought, man, like, I really need to have one of these. Like, even as an office chair, it would be it would be good. Maybe they're a little too nice because you can get cozy in there and fall asleep. And uh, that's not what we want either. Now, I know you look at a bank's blind and you're going to say, man, those things aren't cheap. And you're right, they're not. But they're going to last you a lifetime. And they're, like I said, they're extremely well built. And they told us that they'll be renewing as an NDA supporter in 2023. 
which we very, very much appreciate. So please support the companies that support us. Mike, I'm anxious to hear this one. Grace has a lot of great information. I heard her on the Meat Eater podcast in the middle of last year, and we're gonna try to go some different directions with her. And so I'm ready to rock and roll. You ready? I am ready. She was uh, very, very intriguing in our in our little intro that we did in regards to her knowledge base and with someone that actually is beginning to experience some hearing loss, as you said before, uh, this is one that you should listen. Give it give it the the full listen. Don't do the five or ten minute test. <laughs> I got it. All right. All right, folks, here we go. Let's bring in Grace Sturdivant. on the Coffee and Deer podcast today is Dr. Grace Sturdivant. She's the owner and founder of Odapro Technologies. She has a very unique and varied background. All of, all of them successful, by the way, uh, which, is, which is really cool. Uh, she also has a, a really unique approach to hearing protection that we thought this would be important for our listeners to hear. And so I think you're going to get a lot out of this. She, you may have also heard her interview on Meat Eater and some other places, of course, we're way more popular than those guys. So Grace, I hope you're up for this and can and can handle this uh, big step up in class. So thank I you. I can for already being on. tell this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you got to have a sense of humor, which we do. But yeah, we want to have fun here and just have a good conversation. And uh, so that's my very basic introduction. Why don't you take a second and tell us a little bit more? Sure. Uh, I I really appreciate you having me on. Honestly, um, I'm again Grace Sturdivant. I was born and raised in Grenada, Mississippi which is about 90 miles south of Memphis, Tennessee. And my dad, he hunts everything, but he is a, a primarily a deer hunter. So I'm, I'm very well steeped in the deer hunting tradition and have a whole lot of respect for hunting in general, but specifically deer hunting, not only as a, a hobby and a pastime, but as a really important piece of conservation and management that that is very needed. So um, I feel like I already have a great rapport with your audience just because of that background. But I, uh, I'm i not a huge hunter myself, but like I say, I'm very, very comfortable and respectful of it. And, um, you know, my I, I grew up, I was more interested in, in music and fine arts. I, long story short, ended up in, at Vanderbilt pursuing a doctorate in audiology because uh, my nickname in preschool was Chatterbox. And <laughs> I have always experienced the world largely through my ears. And when I got to a point where I was learning about people who could not experience the world through their ears without the help of an audiologist, I knew that that was going to be my calling. That's what I wanted to bring to people. So did that at, in Nashville, then landed back in Mississippi because I married a good old Mississippi boy. And um, it kind of shifted away from working with so many mu musicians, but the people I was working with were very much like the people I had grown up with, hunters and outdoorsmen who were putting their ears through a, a lot constantly, not just during deer season. And um, unfortunately, I was only getting access to these people as an audiologist once enough damage had been done that they were desperate for help. So while there are things that I could do as an audiologist to help them, you know, one thing I really focused on was trying to at least stop the problem where it was and keep it from getting worse by using good hearing protection. Um, 
but as you can imagine at that point, you know, people were saying, I just wish I had done this earlier uh, and not let it got to this point. So anyway, I moved into the research setting and I became very fascinated by the way the brain changes when you have hearing loss and the way some of these cognitive processes start to rearrange when the parts of your brain that are supposed to process sound are not being stimulated as they should. And became very compelled not only to treat earlier with hearing aids to get that brain stimulation back going again, but to just prevent those, those neurological changes altogether. So um, I started really trying to recruit people to come see me before they had the problem. It just wasn't happening. So Pro was really born out of necessity because my dad, as I mentioned earlier, would not make an appointment to come see his daughter in a medical clinic. <laughs> So I started Pro so that I could get my own contracts with hearing protection companies, do all the research, and then take my little fitting bag, old school house call style, to my dad's house, to my friend's houses, and we'd sit at the kitchen table and talk about what they needed and what options were out there, and I'd fit their ears. Never dreamed it would grow beyond that kind of side hustle, passion project to, to really get these good products onto people that they would actually use. Um, but word of mouth, I mean, it was just, I did not set out with a marketing plan or even a business plan for that matter. And, and it just kept growing. And I think it's because the level of expertise was needed, but more than that, it was a service delivery that was just missing. So I don't know if that was more or less than what you bargained for, but that that's my journey in a nutshell. No, it's all good. These are sorry, sorry, Mike. These are all places we want to go, and I just want to slip in before the doctor responds. There, um, by the way, now here I'm here with two doctors. I feel like this has happened a couple times on the show, <laughs> and I thought we were going to put an end to this. But uh, anyway, um, I want to tell people we referenced the meat eater episode, and the reason I want to bring it up again is because we're not going to go in the same places that you did in that interview. But I do want people to check it out. It's it was episode 344, and we have a, a good partnership with the folks at Meat Eater. And so check it out, and, and you want to hear the story about how Grace met her husband, which is a pretty funny one. <laughs> and uh, I, I quite enjoyed it, and I remember I was in my car listening and laughing uh, whenever I heard the story. So it's a good one. Thank um, you. Yep. All right, Mike, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, so um, I guess my role today is going to be interpreter. So I'm going to back everybody up a little bit. And when Grace was talking about how specific areas of the brain when you have a deficit more specifically in hearing loss or sensory neural hearing loss that other areas take over. And that's just part of our neuroplasticity is how, which is how our brain changes and develops based on either sensory or environmental input. So basically we have an area in our brain or two areas, one on each side where uh, hearing is actually interpreted from the sound waves that you get from outside into electricity and your brain can interpret that. So that's pretty much where she's going with that. And uh, just to kind of catch everybody up to speed. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Now let's get back to questions that I can ask. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. And I know uh, even, even, and we may get into this in a bit, but even just uh, relationship to dementia and, and how hearing and it can be related to that. But uh, before we get there, uh, you, one of the things that, that I've heard you say, or maybe I saw it on your website was uh, you, you term your business, a hearing conservation business. Uh, and you have a particular aim toward outdoors enthusiasts, hunters, and shooters. And I think that comes honestly. You mentioned the story about your dad and, and basically the South where these sports are, are a big deal. So uh, what drove you to that? 
Uh, the conservation term? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I was in my clinical practice doing um, hearing aid treatment and cochlear implant treatment of hearing loss, uh, there, there were a number of things semantically that I felt needed to be adjusted for today's world. I mean, hearing aids are not what they used to be. They're not your your grandma's hearing aids that whistled and buzzed all the time. You know, they're actually these really high tech pieces of technology. And so I, I would start talking about, you know, your hearing technology or your hearing devices instead of hearing aids, especially with some of my younger, really savvy, active patients. Um, it truly is just another piece of our hearing health and hearing wellness was a term I started to use a good bit, you know, in, in overall with our health, you know, we're talking about health and wellness, which kind of led to the preventative medicine side of things. Uh, as far as the outdoors community goes, that conservation piece is really important. I mean, as you guys know better than anyone, um, so much of what people who don't, who, who may be on the, out, are on the outside of the, of the hunting world and they just don't get it. You know, the piece that they don't really get is the conservation piece that goes into this. And so conservation is something that my dad was always, he's an Eagle Scout. He always took me, you know, we went to Ducks Unlimited banquets together. And so the, the conservation piece has always been a big part of what I grew up learning about with hunting. So as I started reaching hunters and shooters, it truly is. It's what we're doing is we're conserving your hearing. We're cons and which is if you really, I mean, if you want to get down to it, but hunters who can't hear, that's that's a pretty sad place to be. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of hunting you're doing. Part of the experience is being out in nature that God created and being able to explore all those sounds and and listening and really feeling a part of things. You're doing that not just with your eyes, but largely with your ears. So if we can, if, if people can be willing to put something in their ears and get used to it and actually wear it so that when they fire that gun, they're protected, they're going to be able to enjoy that aspect so much longer and be able to share it with their grandchildren and beyond. Um, if they can just really grasp onto the conservation piece of their hearing. Yeah, always easier to protect something than it is to try to fix it later. And I was going to ask you this later in the interview, but I think now's the appropriate time to bring it in. I do got to say, though, you reminded me of a story about my dad and his hearing, which is not good, by the way. <laughs> a lot of years on heavy machinery combined with shooting guns without protection, all these things. But uh, we were going turkey hunting one morning. He said, oh, I forgot my hearing aids. He said, but I'm good. And I'm like, there's no way we're go I'm taking you turkey hunting without hearing aids because it'll drive me crazy. Uh, but even still, you know, even hearing aids can throw you off too, right? Because I know there's there's a turkey gobbling 100 yards behind us, and he's telling us how there's this turkey gobbling 100 yards in front of us. And so uh, it's it's just sort of this whole crazy dynamic. But mm -hmm. I, I did want to ask you, once once someone has or recognizes there's a hearing problem, we'll get into that more, but is it something that you can just get fixed? Well, nothing is going to sound as good or as natural as the hearing system that God gave you. I mean, the auditory signal that then uh, stimulates your little fibers on your hearing nerve to send that signal to that area of the brain that Dr. Groman mentioned, it, nothing's going to sound as good as that. Anything else that we do is going to be artificially creating a signal, processing a signal, and it's going to sound different. Now, can you get used to it? Sure. 
Um, something that we talk a lot about in the audiology world when it comes to hearing aids or cochlear implants or other types of devices that help you hear is audibility. And aud audibility is better than not being able to hear something, even if it has to sound a little artificial. So, you know, oftentimes, which we'll, we might or might not get into some of the products that are out there, but, you know, there's electronic products that help you to turn up the volume on what's going on around you. And then there's filtered products that let you hear through the earplug. Well, they don't allow you to make things louder. In fact, they'll, they'll dampen things just a hair, but that's going to sound more natural than when you have to process things through a microphone. So people have to choose, do I want to be able to hear more than I can with my natural hearing, or do I just want it to sound really natural? And that's a choice you have to make. There's no perfect products that, that are going to allow you to hear and things to sound exactly like they do in real life. Now, especially with the treatment side of hearing aids, when you wear these products day in, day out, you, it becomes your new normal such that then when you're not wearing them, things sound strange to you, but that takes really up to about 90 days is what research tells us for your brain to fully acclimate to and be able to embrace this new sound that's coming in. All right. So I'm going to jump in here and Grace, I apologize, but Mike is fine. Mike is quite all right. So yeah, that's enough of that Dr. Groman stuff. I'll I know I looked what. around like, you know, what, what my students are in the room. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but with that said, like, since we're on this topic, can you also uh, breach the topic of tinnitus, which is something that, mm -hmm. I mean, I have a certain amount of hearing losses. Nick, I thought Nick was going to pull me in or throw me under the bus when he was talking about turkey hunting. Oh, that was coming next. I yeah. was going to say, I knew it had to be coming, but um but I actually have an issue with uh, tinnitus or ringing in mm -hmm. my ears, more specifically my right worse than my left. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about that? Because I believe that needs to be part of that conversation as well. Yes. So tinnitus is, is something that's happening in your brain as a response to the absence of stimulation, which is counterintuitive. Um, but once you have an area of damage on your hearing nerve at a certain pitch, then the, the brain is looking for a signal that's just not coming. And so similarly to the way that you hear about people who maybe have lost a limb and they have phantom limb syndrome where they feel pain in a part of the body that is no longer there, it's because their brain is searching for sensory input and then creating this signal that we can actually see light up on a functional MRI. Like you're, you're actually hearing it. Um, and so what we have to do is, um, retrain the brain. You know, there's some therapies that work more than others. There's no cure for tinnitus, but that that's what's happening is there's this very discrete area that's not being stimulated the way the other pitches are. And so you get this spike. That's why when you're in a very quiet place or for my musicians, I used to work with, you come off of a show, you get on your bus and all of a sudden it's quiet and wow, your brain is going, where did it all go? Where did it all go? So tinnitus is something that I'm asked about very routinely. And I'll say there's a, a 10 minute or so video that I recorded that's on the YouTube page. When you click education on my website, I'll take you there. Um, that really gets into what's happening in the brain to make that happen. There's also an article that I wrote for a magazine called Porch and Prairie that goes into a little more detail. So I don't know if you guys are able to list resources in your description, but those might be of interest to people who really want to get more into the weeds on the tinnitus conversation, because it is complicated and there's no easy answer. 
Yeah, we'll definitely list all those resources in the description. And then, of course, at the end, we'll tell people where to find uh, all this. So let's go back to Odapro for a second. Now, you, mm -hmm. you explained a little bit about where your, um, you know, where the idea came from and how you've kind of developed that. And let's get into more about the actual products, which we've, we've sure. teased here. So what, what is it that you specialize in? And tell us about some of the products you have. Well, my favorite thing about Odopro is that we're not one product. We're not aligned with one manufacturer or one brand. And it gives us the freedom to pivot. And one thing I really love doing is constantly researching what's out there, what's coming, what company might be coming out with the next thing. So we truly are. Odopro is not necessarily a product at all. We're a customer service business at our core. So whether, you know, we have people come to us that need certain plugins or they need to be able to, you know, you spoke about Meat Eater, some of their camera guys needed to be able to mix audio. So they needed an in-ear monitor of sorts, but they also need to hear what's going on around them with a filter to stay protected. So, you know, we can build out these interesting products for people because of our relationships with a lot of these manufacturers. Um, but there's not one solution that's going to be everybody's answer. So sometimes I just need to coach people on how to wear foam earplugs correctly. And if, and if you'll actually do that, then awesome job is done. I want to find the most realistic tools that you will actually use when you're doing your thing. Um, we offer a range of products. So I mentioned earlier the difference between the sound quality on an electronic versus a, a non-electronic filtered product. I'd say our two most popular products that people want right now, especially in the deer hunting space, are either a product by a company called Sound Gear. It's the Sound Gear Phantom. Mm -hmm. That product is really the newest thing out there when it comes to the technology that it offers. It was launched in October of 2020. And it's rechargeable, so you're not fiddling with little hearing aid batteries when you're out in the woods trying not to make any noise and your fingers are freezing. Um, so they're rechargeable. And then you can stream Bluetooth. So I don't know about where you are, but here in Mississippi, my deer hunters love that they can be streaming a ball game very quietly <laughs> in their ears and amplifying the leaves rustling at the same time. So, you know, that's a cool product. It allows you to adjust separately the volume control of what you might be choosing to stream and then the volume of the microphones picking up on the external sound. So those are a, a higher dollar offering. I mean, you need to budget about $1,500 to get a set of those. Um, another really popular product, which is great for people who have good natural hearing and they just want to keep it that way, is a filtered product. So we make a medically grade, a medical grade silicone earpiece, and it would be a solid plug, except that we put a filter in there that allows you to hear the really soft sounds naturally. And then because of um, a physics term called compression acceleration, where as the sound pressure levels get stronger and stronger, the membrane in there stiffens up more and more. So you get more protection as sounds get louder. So you can be in a deer stand, you can hear the leaves rustling. Just all, I mean, it will sound pretty much like your natural hearing for those really quiet sounds. But then for the gunshot, it will sound and feel like a solid earplug for that. So, and those are just around 300-ish dollars a pair. Now, until I went on Meat Eater, uh, when I was just getting to know Steve Ronella, one of my earlier trips out there before we did the podcast, and I was kind of laying out what all we offer. And he said, you know, this is this is really great and all, but you're about to have a really big audience of people that are just not going to pay more than a hundred bucks for a set of earplugs. So his advice to me was to come up with something to offer 
that would give people an entry level price point. I said, well, you know, custom fit is the only way we're going to guarantee that there's no air leakage. Every ear is so different. And I've always been a, a, and I still am a big proponent that if you can do a custom fit, do it. That that's how you're going to know. And it's going to be more comfortable. So you're less likely to rip it out or, or break the seal to be able to hear around it. But I, I took his advice and I took those same filters that I just described to you and I put them into a triple flanged ear sleeve that comes in different sizes. So my solution was, um, let's do this. Let's put it at an entry level price point of 50 bucks a pair. And then you can then later on when the time is right for you, just purchase the custom fit medical grade silicone piece and move the filter that you've already purchased into it. And that way at the end of the day, you actually come out ahead because now you have a little keychain canister and a custom fit version of the same thing and swap the filter back and forth. Um, but that has that has been a great, a great option, not only to give people an entry level price point, but I, I really didn't anticipate how well it was gonna be received as a gift option so you're able to then, instead of just doing a gift card, you give them something that they can immediately use. And then they can use that while they're going through the custom fitting process. So I do have Steve Ranella to thank for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, he certainly has his finger on the pulse of you know, sort of what the average sportsman is, is wanting and thinking. And so obviously that's done well. And I do think our audience is pretty familiar with the, the sort of the middle of the road type that you explained mm -hmm. where it will amplify sound, but then also protect you from, you know, a muzzle blast. Right. And so, I mean, even myself and the doctor, those would be similar to what we would use. And mm -hmm. then the only other thing I would say is for anybody, if anyone is, has really lost their hearing to the point where it's become a real detriment at that point, my guess is you're going to say something like, you know what? 1500 bucks would have been a small price to pay. So I'm not in this situation. So even that price, although, you know, a lot of people won't do that, it really is a small price to pay to, to protect mm -hmm. yourself. And so, so now someone's listening to this and they hear it and they say, okay, I need to take this more seriously. Take us through the process uh, that you used. Someone reaches out and says, okay, I need some help. I want to work with you. What does that process look like? Well, in the beginning, it looked like finding a time for us to be in the same place at the same time so that I could have five minutes with your ears myself. Thankfully, um, we have grown to the point where we now have over 350 providers nationwide that know exactly what we need when, when we tell them that we need ear mold impressions made. So to back up a little bit, if you go to my website, you might know exactly what product you want. And you can check out right there for that product. If you don't know what product you want, you just click the contact tab and you talk to myself or someone else on our team to really guide you through what it is you're looking for that's going to fit your needs the best. And it might be something that we don't even have on the website. So um, we love those people too. But if once you check out on the website for the products themselves, then you get you get a receipt email in your inbox. But then you also get an email from one of our team members saying, okay, you live in Pittsburgh. This is the name of the provider. And this is this is their phone number you're going to call. And this is how much they're going to charge to mold your ears. They're expecting your call. It'll take about 20 minutes for the visit. You're going to print out the attachments that includes a prepaid UPS label that you're going to slap on those impressions when you leave that office. And then from there, 
we track the order. We send it in to whichever manufacturer we're using. And then we send you email updates when it's on the way to you. And then we are, we're big on, you can't get rid of us really easily because we are going to follow up. If you don't reply to our email that you're going to receive a couple of weeks after you receive your products, if you don't reply, letting us know that everything fits great, sounds good, love them, then we're going to start blowing up your phone <laughs> because I, I do feel a great sense of responsibility with these products. You know, I still can't guarantee that you're never going to get any hearing loss from shooting guns with these products. Again, I'm giving you the most realistic tools to allow you to keep doing what you're doing and what you love there's still some risk involved. Um, so at a minimum, I wanna make sure that these products are doing everything they're supposed to do for you and that you like them. Because if you don't, we're gonna swap them out, we're gonna keep exchanging, or we're gonna send your money back so that you haven't, nobody wastes their money with Odo Pro. And that's where that service component is so important. You can purchase the Soundgear Phantoms. You can go to soundgear.com and really any audiologist that sells Starkey hearing aids, which is their parent company, could sell you a set of sound gear phantoms. The chances that the audiologist knows your needs, knows how you'd be using these, and is going to provide the follow-up and the services to go along with that are pretty slim. So that's where we really pride ourselves on, you know, being the best place to shop because because you just can't get rid of us that easy. <laughs> Well, very well said, and you know the importance of following up with people. And really, your the way your business runs is really innovative and thoughtful. And so, congratulations on that. And it also it made me think of another guest that we had on a while back. And it's going to lead me to my next question. We had Brandon Maddox on from Silencer Central a while back. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons they're so successful it's not just because they sell great silencers; it's because of the process where they make it easy for people to get one and do it the right way. And so your business is very much like that. And, but my question then becomes suppressors. Now, someone, if they're out there shooting a gun with a suppressor, do they still need to consider hearing protection in your opinion? In my opinion, they do. Um, you may have some silencer companies that, that will tell you differently. I'm not going to dispute any silencer claims because I'm not a silencer business. Um, but one thing we want to be really careful about is, is the sound pressure, you know, and, and you can't rely on your perception of loudness to determine the, the sound, the actual sound pressure level. Interesting. Yep. So um, for the same reason that, for example, I love to give this example um, on how we can't rely on our own perception. So at the end of a long day, um, you're watching television in bed and you're gradually turning the volume down until you feel like it's pretty soft. Then you turn the television on the next morning and it blasts you. And you're like, whoa, that was really loud. And that's just because, you know, throughout the day, your the, the hair fibers on your hearing nerve are getting fatigued and it takes more and more sound pressure to give you the same perception of volume. So that's where when people say, oh, well, it doesn't sound that loud. I mean, like I say, with my musicians, yeah. <laughs> you cannot rely on what they think is loud. There's a lot of subjective variables that go into that perception. So to objectively say, you know, to stay protected, yeah, you're going to need some hearing protection on. Um, you know, even when you're shooting with, with or without, um, I, I still advise your, your best bet for hearing protection, though unrealistic for most, is going to be to put a custom fit earplug in your ear with earmuffs on top. 
So by blocking your ear canals, you really can only get up to about 30 decibels realistically of reduction of a noise reduction rating, which is different than some other rating systems out there. But you, realistically, about 30 decibels by blocking your ear canals alone. So you hear through the bones of your skull actually very, very well. And your hearing nerve just sits a few millimeters behind your ear, this bone right here. And so in order to really protect you, I need to put you in a full helmet, a full helmet. I mean, even wow. your teeth transmit sound. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I say, your hearing nerves are still getting stimulated even when your ear, your ears are blocked. Um, so I'm a bit, I'm sorry, I'm talking all around the world here. There's just no, so much information. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but my favorite thing to see is a good custom fit in the ear with an over the ear on top. And that's going to get you upwards of about 50 decibels of noise reduction and to get more than that. You got to wear a helmet, a full helmet. Yeah, no, I love it. And that's a lot of great education. And I, you know, for me, I, I learned a whole bunch there that I I didn't know about. I didn't know that my teeth were transmitting sound, and that also explains the issues with the television, right? So, um, you know, Mike, I saw you nodding your head. I mean, how do you feel about that? Well, yeah, that's something that I've learned. Um, unfortunately, a skosh too little, too late. Um, but basically, you know, what Grace was saying is, if everyone could actually just, you know, put your finger behind your ear just about an inch or so and there's there's a really prominent bone not even an inch but like probably it's like a half inch it's a real prominent circular bone right behind the crease of your ear where you'd actually put on like a mask or something like that that is one of the bones that she talks about that transmits sound um and and truthfully like different areas of your ear and she's the specialist but you know the ear canal itself transmits sound but the bones behind your ears your teeth they actually transmit different frequencies as well they pick up different frequencies a little bit stronger than others and and that's something that uh once um i started competitive shooting with my daughter i learned that was odd did that come over (laughs) did that come over weird or something we're gonna blame that on the uh on the storm but uh no you're good but but actually that's a great segue (laughs) into what i was saying but yeah once i started uh shooting competitively with my daughter that's something that i learned that that bone behind on your skull behind your ear actually does uh, need to be protected as well with muffs. So I always shot with silicone um, ear plugs that I would put in and custom mold to my ear and then put muffs over top. Um, but you were talking about how teeth transmit sounds. I mean, people mm-hmm. need to actually look up how Lucille Ball, I believe, was held in Russia or Germany um, by their secret service because during a speech, she was actually getting a radio broadcast through her fillings in her teeth and it was making sounds on the microphone. And so, yeah, it's, it was, it's a really interesting story how <laughs> Lucille Ball was actually looked at as a spy. Way to dive into this. Yeah, Grace is feverishly writing this down. I'm also now, now all of a sudden I have to do research because the doctor has introduced a whole different direction in the show. Hey, you and said so, you wanted to have fun. So I'm there just, better be Lucille something Ball good here. Fun. No, this is great. I had no idea. Oh man, thank you. My Friday night entertainment is set. I'm doing a deep, <laughs> a deep dive on Lucille Ball and her bone conduction espionage. Yeah, from her teeth. Yeah, from fillings and things like that. Some dental work that she had picked up a wow. radio frequency during a speech on a microphone, and it actually came through. And they thought she had a she was miked and was spying on whatever country she was in. I think it was either Germany or Russia. <laughs> unbelievable i love it yeah goodness i think that, that happens that's pretty with, cool that yeah. happens with siri now i think you can hear everything we're saying <laughs> and uh 
<laughs> Poor Nick is going, how am I going to get this back on track? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Off track is okay as long as it's fun and interesting, and it is, and so this is good. Um, but I do have this question, and I'm curious about your answer. So the most important thing that a deer hunter needs to know, because number one, you may not know this, but we're, we're an important audience to you, I think, because eight out of 10 people who buy a hunting license are going to hunt deer. Mm. And that is far more than any other species. Now, I know in Mississippi, waterfowling is certainly a big deal there, turkey hunting, but it's still nowhere close to deer hunting. And so what is the most important thing that a deer hunter really needs to know about hearing protection, uh, especially since you hear so many of them say, well, I just don't shoot that often? You know, I, I have people tell me that all the time, like, oh, I'll wear these when I'm bird hunting. But, you know, when I'm out deer hunting, I might pull the trigger a couple of times. Well, that couple of times really matters. Noise induced hearing loss is a result of not just how loud one thing is, but it's how loud everything is throughout your day. It's noise. Noise exposure is so cumulative. So, um, you know, that that one loud blast you pair that with using some loud lawn equipment, running a power saw, maybe a leaf blower, or in your case, a snow blower. Um, all of that adds up, you know, in the same way that I was describing that fatigue of your hearing nerve throughout the day, you know, that gunshot might be the gunshot that takes it over the edge mm -hmm. so that that pitch doesn't recover again. You know, there's a term temporary threshold shift. Forgive me if this is redundant. I think I mentioned this on Meat Eater, but the temporary threshold shift is what happens when, um, for me, I feel like I've noticed it most after I come home from a loud concert or something like that. And everything sounds so muffled when you leave that space. And that's because it's taking the hearing nerve a little time to recover. So uh, I would advise my musicians to allow their ears to rest. And even when your ears are ringing, don't immediately reintroduce sound. There's a metabolic process that's trying to happen to allow your hearing ner nerve to recover back to normal. Well, for deer hunters, you know, you never know when it's just going to take it over the edge and it's not going to recover. And then the first thing you're probably going to notice is the ringing that just doesn't go away. So um, the, the ringing hopefully is going to be short term just while your ears are taking some time to recover, but eventually it won't be. So for, for deer hunters, even just that, that single shot, maybe you're shooting just a couple of times and maybe you're only doing it a few times a year, but you have to take that into consideration of all the other exposure that, that you're putting your ears through day in, day out. Yeah, that's excellent. That's very helpful. And it makes me nervous to an extent too. I luckily I, took the ear protection pretty early and haven't done a lot of shooting without it. And so I feel like my ears are still pretty good. But then I do think about times, I'm not much of a gun deer hunter, but turkey hunting where, you know, the muzzle blast or, you know, from a, a shotgun, a 12 gauge shotgun with a turkey load is a lot. Mm -hmm. And I can't just go turkey hunting and assume that, oh, it's only one blast. It's not going to hurt anything. So I think that's, I'm sure I'm not alone in that thinking. So I mm -hmm. certainly appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump in and give a shout out to my fellow bird hunters i mean running bird dogs for me the issue was i need to hear where the dog's at i need to hear mm -hmm. the bell and when you're hunting grouse or woodcock or pheasant there's not a lot of time whether you're hunting with a flusher or a pointing dog there's not a ton of time to then introduce ear protection and so um 
having something that would be able to enhance or um, clarify the dog moving through the brush and when the bell stops, et cetera. But then you were still prepared for the shot and protect your hearing is actually good. But the one thing I want to back up and I always like, you know, giving my students that one clear moment that they can understand. And if someone hasn't experienced that, that feeling of being at a concert or a loud event, uh, like even motorsports, like uh, tractor mm -hmm. poles, et cetera, and so on where you actually come home and Grace said about your ears just feel like everything's muffled or they feel like they're full or there's quote unquote water in your ear. Uh, what people can, everyone should be able to experience is if your foot falls asleep or if your arm falls asleep in bed, um, you know, you're either cutting off circulation of blood or uh, putting pressure on a nerve. And when it starts to wake up, it takes a while and it doesn't, it feels heavy and it doesn't feel like it can move. That's exactly what's going on inside your ear. And mm -hmm. every time that happens, the risk of potential long-term damage is there. I mean, for me, my right ear has been, my tinnitus and my right ear has been killing me for about two weeks now because a woman walked in with her dog into like PetSmart to take a picture with Santa. It was a, a schnauzer and that thing went ballistic because other dogs were in there and it started yipping at such a high frequency that immediately it was almost painful for me and my right ear has been worse ever since. So those mm -hmm. are the one thing that can actually just push you over the edge. Like I haven't recovered from that and it's been three weeks now. So um, hearing loss and hearing, uh, you know, sensory neuro hearing loss itself, which there's many forms. Mm -hmm. uh, I have tinnitus and a little bit of hearing loss and there's many different variations on that spectrum can occur, but you never know, as Grace said, when it's going to be too much and you'll mm -hmm. never come back. And once it becomes too much, you never come back from that for the most situations. I mean, sometimes you can recover a certain degree, but there's going to be a, a, a straw that breaks that camel's back. And Grace, I'd like to like lead you into one more area here for me. And it seems like you're really close with your dad. And this is kind of what drives you. I kind of get excited. If everyone could see her face when she yeah. a, was talking about helping out her dad and her friends, but when she was talking about that customer service, it tells, it's, it tells me that she's really, as a medical professional, really focused on that and wants to do right by you. So, I mean, I, I would give her my full trust, but mm -hmm. can you please talk about how, um, specific hearing loss can lead to anxiety or loss of sleep or, uh, or people are even maybe too embarrassed to ask for help. You talked about how these are given as gifts. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the signs that people should be looking for either in themselves or somebody else that maybe can breach that conversation because someone's embarrassed that they can't hear you because we're right. really good about faking it. You can fake it until you make it. We are. We're so good at faking it. And that's such a great question. I really appreciate what you said there. I, I do come at this from a, a place of, you know, I have a certain set of skills and a certain background that gives me a level of insight that I can connect with people on this and to be a resource. And that's what, that's, that's the whole goal here. Now, people used to come to me and be very, very embarrassed that, that they were actually seeking help for their hearing. They thought it was admitting that they were old or throwing in the towel. And it's really quite the opposite. I mean, it's, it's taking control of your ability to connect with the world. And there comes a point when you can't fake it anymore and your hearing loss is much more obvious and embarrassing than wearing something in your ear would be. And when you start misunderstanding people or you can't follow conversation, uh, that's a very depressing, I mean, Hearing loss has been linked not only to these physiological changes, but to withdrawal, isolation, 
uh, paranoia, some of the same um, outward expressions that we see with dementia, you see with hearing loss. And so you know, with when we're treating those patients that have both of those conditions, the first thing we have to parse out is how much of this social isolation, paranoia, depression is due to the hearing loss versus actual dementia. So, you know, paying attention to that and realizing that as an audiologist who worked in the treatment hearing aid side of things for years before moving into prevention, people so often said, I just, why did I wait so long? Why did I wait so long? So I I never had anybody come back and return their hearing aids and say, you know what, I'm just going to come back in a few years. No, you realize how much, I remember some of these electronic products actually, you know, and talking about my dad and we are so close. And I just, I love that we've been, his daughter who was more into fashion than hunting growing up. And now we have this huge common bond and he's wanting to come with me on, on my work trips and everything. It's so fun. But the first time I put electronic hearing protection on him that had a little bit of amplification built in, we were out at a, at a shooting range together, working on our concealed carry licenses and shooting all day long. And he had in these electronics and we'd be walking and the gravel under his feet. He's like, man, that gravel. I'm like, dad, you're supposed to hear the gravel under your feet. You know, the leaves whistling in the trees. I mean, that was the turning point for him where he said, you know what? You're right. I am missing out on too much. And after that, he's become a great hearing aid patient. But sometimes it takes just, it happens so gradually most of the time that you don't realize how much you're missing out on. And the the sounds that are out there in this world are are beautiful and enriching. And to be missing out on that for so long is really a shame. Um, while I don't do hearing aids with this business at all, I really pride myself and, and want to leave a legacy with this business of getting people into qualified local clinics much earlier than they would have otherwise. So if I can build trust with you and equity with you as a hearing professional, through these protection products that give you a taste of what hearing aids could do, and then send you to these clinics that I've already vetted, that we believe in, that we work with, so that you have that local point of contact. I mean, to me, that is so rewarding to think of. So I hope that answers your question. It does. Uh, Let's just kind of go one more step just to kind of wrap it up. But can you give maybe the listener some insight from being, you know, from your expertise mm-hmm. of what could they be looking for, for others? I mean, cause like the one thing is, is I've gotten to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that it's time to, to, you know, pony up, but that's mm-hmm. what surprisingly we're, we're recording this right before Christmas. That's the one thing that this Christmas, that's what, when everyone asked me, what do you want? I said, give me money because mm-hmm. I'm going to go and get something that I can use to improve my experiences mm-hmm. when I'm out hunting because I enjoy it so much. So, right. um, but that's, that's sometimes you have to ask, but what should people be looking for in their significant other or their parent or grandparent or brother or cousin or whoever, like, is there like any those signs, signs that they might yeah. have some yeah. issues to breach the oh. conversation with them, right. To breach the conversation, you know, I, um, it's tricky. I think everybody's so different and has to read the dynamics of the person. And some people are going to be a lot more receptive to it than others. Um, it, and potentially it's, it, for me, I, I pictured the, our big family gatherings at the holidays where there's a lot of people gathered around a table and there's kids making noise and it's noisy. And there's a few relatives sitting around that table that disengaged because they, they can't follow the conversation anymore. Um, 
I think we need to have compassion instead of losing our patience with those relatives as it's so easy to get frustrated and just say, just don't worry about it. But um, I, I like to give instead, instead of trying to necessarily uh, bring to their attention or call out something that's potentially going to be upsetting to them. I, I like to give those of us that are in communication with them, the tools of making sure you get their attention clearly before you address them. If you're talking about a trip you took this summer, and then all of a sudden there's going to be a shift to talking about what we're having for lunch tomorrow to, to kind of pause and, and give yourself kind of a topic sentence to, to signal that we're changing the subject because the people with hearing loss around that table are having to fill in the gaps and they're relying on context and they're relying on cues and facial expressions. So trying to speak clearly and not with your mouth full and um, enunciate, not yell, which can distort the signal even more. Try to reduce the background noise, but I didn't say that already. And then ship, making the changes in topic very clear and getting the person's attention by saying their name before you address them. That will help keep them into the conversation more. And I think if you do that and you have that sense of compassion in communication, they're gonna pick up on the fact that you are making an effort to keep them involved which, which lends itself to them being much more receptive afterwards to you saying, hey, you know, I think maybe it's time that I, I hear that there's this company Pro that could direct you to a good hearing professional in the area. Maybe it's time to get in touch and just see, see what you're candidate for and at least get a baseline on your hearing so you know where you stand. Because I don't want to see you not being able to, you know, hear the punchline to the joke. So anyway, I it's kind of a roundabout way of saying it, but I think that before we approach anybody, we need to show a lot of compassion and patience and understanding. So basically just read the room. Read the room. That's right. right. And and try to put yourself, can you imagine what it would be like to, to how and how draining and exhausting it would be, not to mention just depressing and isolating to feel that way. So that's yeah. my goodwill cheer good tidings of great joy to all message <laughs> no i think that was great thank you yeah well, and speaking of reaching out and connection uh, i want to make sure people have that information now as we wrap up so um i do want to say also uh, before we provide contact info and you can find this in the show notes as well um it's been very important uh, to grace to give back mm -hmm. and so this isn't just about running a great business and making a profit you give back to a number of different groups, and that's very important to you and has been to you throughout your life. So um, a second about that before I go ahead and tell people where to find you. Yeah, I feel very fortunate that by truly just wanting to help people, the successful business has followed. And to be in a position where we are able to support conservation groups, Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. I mean, we've been able to contribute to a number of those organizations. Um, for me as an audiologist, I felt a calling very, very early on to make sure that children with hearing loss have what they need so that they can overcome that challenge and that difficulty and enter mainstream classrooms. Um, hearing loss is not an indicator of your IQ or your ability academically, yet it holds children back if they aren't given the tools and resources they need. So I'm on the board of directors and, and really... Um, excited and passionate about my work with a school here in Mississippi called Magnolia Speech School. 
And it's exactly that. It's early education with the goal of graduating kids as soon as possible so they can get into mainstream classrooms and not need the special ed or all the extra services because they've already figured out how they're going to be able to learn and, and it's spoken language and literacy uh, so that they can truly enter the mainstream world. You would you meet these kids now today that are finishing high school and in college that that went through this program and you'd speak to them and you would never know that they were born profoundly deaf because they speak, they talk, they have implants that work for them. They've learned how to advocate for themselves and they're out there conquering the world. So that is, that's the end, the end goal. And we just built a new building and we've, um, we're continuing to, to add resources and very qualified teachers at this school. And so that is a, that is a very large component to what we do. Every October, the school has a, a, a charity clay shoot that raises money. And this year we, <laughs> I mean, over $250,000 wow. for this school. That's and I've, I've started using it as a way to have some um, really great clients and ambassadors from across the country to fly in and just have a great time and have them there on site um, shooting. And, you know, people, you know, there's a few recognizable faces there. And so it just makes it really fun um, but also a way to remind people that this is about a whole lot more than just selling earplugs. This is this goes far deeper. And and that's where I think people can clue into the fact that, you know, we we take our hearing so for granted. And here we are, like quibbling over whether or not we're going to protect what we have while we do something that we know is very dangerous for our ears. Yet look at these children who weren't given a choice at birth and, and they weren't born with the same hearing acuity and here they have to overcome they and their families have to overcome all these challenges just to get to that baseline that we take for granted so that that's that's a big part of who we are well very well said and we wanted to make sure to give you the opportunity to talk about that and folks uh you can find uh grace and uh Odo Pro technologies at Odo Pro technologies oto protechnologies.com is the website. They have an Instagram account also. It's odopro underscore technologies and also the YouTube page which there are a ton of great videos of Grace on there uh, talking about the various aspects of her work and you just search odopro on YouTube. Anywhere else, Grace, we need to send people? You know, we're on all the social channels. We're most active on Instagram. I'm trying to get more involved in Facebook. I just, you know, you know, I hate, I love and hate social media, but uh, we're, we're there. If you, if you search for us, I love that you say the videos on YouTube are great. They're really very low quality of me just on my phone saying, Hey, try this. <laughs> but I, I honestly, I think that's, I think people appreciate just the raw nature of it. So uh, again, we are a startup. We don't have some big budget for uh, audio visual. So you get what you get, but, <laughs> but the resources are there and that's the important part. Yeah, well, you're on the road to, to great things and you know, you've experienced some growth already and we're certain that it'll continue. Uh, we want you to help our deer hunters out and we want our deer hunters to feel confident helping you out because you're trying to help so many others. So thank you so much for your time today. It was really a pleasure. I learned a ton. Uh, the doctor probably even learned a few things there too. So thank you. Thank you so much. I have to say, we ended up going deeper on some of those topics than I expected. And at one point, I just sat back and listened to you, you know, the doctor, you're, you're talking with her, and, and I learned a whole bunch of things that I didn't expect to learn. So you never know where these podcasts are going to go. But the bottom line is, Mike, 
we need to protect our hearing and we have never had better technology than we do now to do it. Grace herself offers some great options for folks and you just can't put a price tag on saving your hearing, can you? No, it's one of those those vital things and it doesn't it's not life or death because there are some very successful people that don't have the ability to hear at all. However, it's it's a gift and to squander that foolishly is is I'll actually say it's almost criminal. It's it's really when you it's it's that song you don't know what you got until it's gone type of thing. It's uh, boy, I wish I could get a fraction of what I've lost back. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I my hearing is still pretty good. I rely on it more than anything. It's my <laughs> sorry. Your what? your your intro right back into that was which is I hear you. I mean, it's like so ironic. <laughs> sorry, yeah. keep going. You're doing great. Instant B team right there. It's like, yeah, I talk about not having, you're like, yeah, I hear you. I'm like, thanks for rubbing it in. (laughs) Can you hear me, Mike? That's the real question. Uh, What What? What I was about to say was um, I I do have a little uh, tinnitus or tinnitus, however you want to say it, in my left ear. But for the most part, it's not bad. And I rely on my hearing in the woods more than anything else. My eyes are okay, but my hearing has always served me uh, better. But I deal with it with my dad in particular because he has to have hearing aids and when he doesn't have them in, it's a disaster. It's very difficult to communicate. So it's it's the, you know, the hearing that you need when you're out there hunting, but there's also just the hearing for everyday life. And so, yeah, hopefully this is a show that uh, is going to help you take some precautions. Uh, Mike, it's time for the B-Team report, and we've already given you a little sample <laughs> so, from today's show, so uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it. We need some humor. Let's hear the B-Team report. All right, who's going first this time? Uh, I think I went first last time, so you can go first. Okay, man, your memory's good. You might not have hearing, but your memory's good. So <laughs> we're glad you for that. All right. Well, this is a this is a very recent one. I had I had several sort of small things that weren't, you know, they were B teamish, but they weren't biggies. But this is the one I ended up picking because it was just from last week, and we I, you had heard me say about going to the ATA show, and the show was in Indianapolis, and so it's on. It's it's that distance from where I live. It's like six hours and 15 minutes right and you really can't fly there faster now if you could get a direct flight to indy you could fly there faster but for the most part if i'm if i decide to fly it's it's going to be more than six hours and plus i lose control of when i come and go and all those things so i decided to drive took the nda display out there and uh you know you go to these shows and especially with having a couple year layoff you sort of forget a little bit about each of the venues and where you're going. And I have been to Indy a few times, but not for at least two or three years. And so here I am, I'm driving out there with my full size pickup truck and I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. I know there's a parking garage right by the hotel and I'm going to just pull down into there and we'll be good. So I get to the garage and I start pulling down in and it's one of these ones that kind of goes underground. And you know how, when you drive into a parking garage, a lot of times they have these overheads and it gives you the height. And if you bump that overhead, you're too tall, right? Yep. So I'm like, oh, this looks really close. I don't know. We're going to try it. It was six foot three. And so I'm going and all of a sudden I can hear boom, 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 boom. 
on top of my truck. Oh. All right. Yeah. Yep. Son of a gun. All right. So now I have to back out. By the way, I haven't looked on the top of my truck to see if anything got scratched. I think it was like just like a styrofoam thing, but I, I should check that out. So anyway, all right, I got to back out. So I slowly back out, back onto the highway, and then I pull up a little further, and I see the entrance to the hotel. In this case, it's the Crown Plaza. And I pull in, and there's a valet lane. I'm like, well, I'm just going to ask this guy you know, where, where I can go because I'm not going to fit in this garage. And I pull in, and the guy comes up, and I wind my window down. I'm like, hey, I said, my truck won't fit in the garage. I said, uh, is there another garage? He says, well, there is, he says, but we really recommend valet because – the garages don't allow in and out privileges. And if you want to leave, it's easier to just go through us. And so I'm like, all right, I, I really just want to get in at this point. I've been driving for six hours. And so, you know, the, the, the normal person would say, how much? No, <laughs> I didn't do that. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do valet. And so I, I give the guy five bucks tip. He parks my truck right out front, which is nice. And, and I go in. And it, it's not till the third day that I actually look at the the prices to see what the cost of these things are. Oh boy. Yeah. Forty seven dollars a night. Oh yeah. To park valet. And not not including tips, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to make matters worse, I never moved that truck one time. So I didn't even need in and out privileges. <laughs> now is is a little bit of a saving grace. I will say that it was thirty seven dollars to park in the garage which to me is utterly ridiculous, but this is the world we live in. So there you have it, Mike. That's my B team report. I did not ask how much it would cost for valet parking. I clearly do not have any experience valet parking, but uh, I did. Yeah, there you go. You That's do now. Cool. I do now. It, almost $200 for four days. All right. Well, mine was not a financially impactful B team report. Mine was more of a, a kick to my pride. Um, the, the crazy thing is, is my wife and I were watching some television the other night. And, and when we want to go brain dead, we'll watch those internet video shows where they, they get on a theme and they'll, they'll run it through a certain section of the show. And for some reason we were howling over people slipping and falling on ice. Now that sounds completely deranged, but it was one of those things where they were putting music to it. And, and the people were actually having you know, a certain amount of enjoyment with it. Like they were sliding down the streets when it was icy in places like in the South that doesn't, doesn't usually have ice and they, they were sliding. And then all of a sudden they would fall, you know, they would try and, you know, kind of skate down the, the road and fall and et cetera. And so on, you know, there was this one guy, same day, he comes down his front steps, slips and falls, taking out the trash comes, you know, his home video is recording again. He comes out a little bit later with a cube of beer slips, down the same steps, boom, 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 down he goes. We're, we're just laughing, having a grand old time. Well, I had to come back to camp because um, I had to be on campus for a meeting. And then I returned home. Well, the morning I woke up to head to work, it wasn't predicted, but we had a serious coating of ice. It was at least an eighth of an inch. And just, you know, refinish my deck here this summer. Beautiful white paint, very bright, very shiny, very clean. And I step out onto the deck. I'm like, oh, it's a little bit slippery. I grab onto the the rail and I have my briefcase. I have surprise. I have like two donuts in my hand because uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't have my refrigerator on. So I bought two donuts the night before to eat on my way to work. And I stepped on that first step 
And the next thing I'm looking at was I'm looking at the steps and I see both of my feet heading upwards toward the sky. And then I am down and it's just down. I go donuts, you know, I know where they, they actually, you know, went and flew under the deck. So again, <laughs> there's no, there's no 10 second rule on those. That's the that's biggest all... tragedy right there. I, I mean... know that's what, what's the first thing I say. It's like, not my pride is hurt. My rear end is killing me. Um, you know, my pants are wet now. It's no, my, I lost my donuts. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if there was like any rodents or rabbits or raccoons that came under and had a donut feast that day, but long story short, I went down I went down hard. I mean, I dropped like a sack of hammers. Well, you know, ring doorbells have been one of the best things ever because if you're on TikTok or catch a reel on Instagram from, there are actually accounts that are just ring doorbell videos and the stuff that is on it. And many of them are people walking out and falling out down their steps, uh, sometimes because they're icy, sometimes because they're intoxicated. Uh, and, and let's, let's be honest about it. I mean, there, there's, you know, people falling down is pretty funny, right? It's if they're okay. If I mean, they're you, okay. Yes. Yeah. Typically, okay. you you can laugh at me. And yeah. Everyone else out there can laugh at me. The first reaction is always, "Are they okay?" But then the second someone's okay, if you're watching these fallen videos, then people just lose it, right? Oh, sure. And so, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Um, I I have done similar things, but again, the the thing that would make me cry on all that would be watching my jelly donuts slide under the deck. So, well, and the kicker was going back to your point, when I told my wife, I said, you're never going to believe what happened. And she just lives with me. So of course she can believe what happened. I tell her and I remind her about the show we were watching and she starts laughing. She, she never called out, Hey, are you okay? It just went right straight (laughs) to laughing. So that there's uh, there's my wife for you. Well, Hey, that's a good one. That's hard to beat. I'm going to try not to do that. Uh, But I have enough trouble just walking on flat ground, to be honest with you. Hey, Mike, sad news. Uh, we had to say goodbye to our friend Vinny since the last uh, episode, and you're not you're not a cat guy. I'm not really a cat guy either. But we had Vinny, and you kind of liked Vinny, didn't you? Vince was he was a personality and an entity all his own. Vince the cat was just he, he was just so unusual that you couldn't not like him. Yeah, he had a lot of charisma. So Vinny, just quick background: he's a cat that showed up at the end of our driveway, the last time we lived in Pennsylvania, which was, this was you know, back in like 2009, 2010, maybe. And he was already, I don't want to say he was older, but he wasn't a kitten. He was an older cat. We estimate he probably was about 20 years old uh, when we had to say goodbye to him. But anyway, uh, he showed up and next thing you know, we end up taking him in. That was my fault, I admit it. And so he's like this long haired male cat. And initially we would let him stay outside and inside and uh he would when mike and i would come in from hunting he would be there waiting for us and kind of walk us down the lane back to the house and so yeah, yeah. and so He'd that's us to the stand or halfway to the stand most of the time yeah yeah and so we eventually had to bring him in full time because number one uh the amount of uh gifts he was bringing us to the porch each morning in the forms of like halves of squirrels and birds <laughs> is not good. You should not let cats be outside, truthfully. And I knew that. And so that combined with him having a tick on his neck made him a full-time indoor cat. But anyway, he was with us in Pennsylvania, then North Dakota, then Columbus, Ohio, and back to Pennsylvania. And we, he's, he lived a full life. And so, yeah, we'll miss, we'll miss the Vin man. 
Hey, postseason wrap-up, It's uh, I don't have a lot here, Mike. I'll just say that I, I put out a few cameras on public land, but I did go ahead and pull all of my remaining cameras on my place. But I did see you posted a trail camera picture the other night of a good buck, so you still have yours up. Yeah, mine, I'm using that Cuddy Link system with their new, or I shouldn't say new, but new out this year, that sunshade solar panel. And um, I still have full batteries showing because uh, I have I have the – alkaline backups and i still have full power on those things and so i'm just gonna leave them run for a little bit uh, a little bit of time but that really nice three-year-old with that wicked long left brow tine showed up last night daylight even though new york season's closed the positive thing for me is is that he made it through the season and i'm just getting ready to crank off my habitat work so i'm excited yeah i saw my chainsaws sitting in the garage yesterday and i thought yep once i get through some of this work travel Hope to get out and cut some trees down, create some habitat. But yeah, that was a nice buck. It was cool to see that picture. And so here we are. We are now turning the page and putting gear, you know, bows and guns away. And it's, it's, we're done hunting. And just like that, it took, seemed like it just started and now it's over. So start another cycle. Hey, I mentioned it's travel season, it's show season. I just came from the Archery Trade Association show. I was joined by my colleagues out there, Lauren Varner, Lindsay Thomas, and Kip Adams met with a lot of great corporate partners that are, that are going to continue to support the NDA and some new ones as well. Pretty good energy at the show this year. I'll be headed to the SHOT Show in Las Vegas this week to talk to more corporate sponsors on the firearms end. And so actually, by the time you're hearing this, I'll already be in Vegas. And, you know, you would think it'd be warm out there, but I'm looking at the high temperatures and it's going to be in the low 50s, which is about what it's going to be back here, Mike. So I'm not really winning on this one. That's OK. I mean, you get to go to Vegas. Well, I'm not I'm not a drinker or a gambler, so it's it just happens to be where the conference is, and I'm not even going to get warm weather. So there you have it. I'm not going to whine, but uh, I guess it's too late. I'm already whining. <laughs> yep. Hey, folks, the the latest issue of Quality Whitetails is out, and so if you're a member, you're already getting that. So hopefully, you're enjoying it. Also, our deer report is coming out. Uh, it might already be available by the time you hear this, but uh, check our website. Uh, also, we we have uh, we've reported great news recently on the passing of the CWD Research and Management Act that happened at the end of the year. And I bring all these things up to say the best way, the very best way, to stay informed on a weekly basis is to subscribe to NDA's newsletter, and that's free. Doesn't cost you a thing. So just go to DeerAssociation.com and in the search box type newsletter and sign up for free, and you'll get all the news. You don't even have to read every one. Right. You get the newspaper every day. You probably don't read every one. Uh, but if you just keep up with most of them, you'll see what's happening there. And there's a lot. we got an awful lot that's going on that we're proud of. Doctor, final word. What, anything good for the order? Anything good for the order? Um, make sure if you live in climates that have slippery sidewalks and things like that, make sure you have some salt or some calcium chloride handy. There you go. That's tip of the day from the doctor. A uh, quick tip of the day for me while it crosses my mind before we sign off here. If you're someone that's going to be planting some trees this spring, get your orders in. Now's the time to be thinking about that. You don't want to try to put an order in whenever trees should already be in the ground. Get them in early. I know our state wildlife agency has a tree sale that started. I know this is a common thing around the country. But get your trees ordered. That way you'll have them. They'll ship them. They won't ship them until you need them and then you'll have plenty of time for planting season. So with that, folks, we do appreciate you listening. We hope you enjoyed the show today. National Deer Association, where we are united for deer. <laughs>